Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, July 22nd edition, brought to you by DraftBeast.com and on it. Go to our podcast page on Fightful.com, click that on it link, it will open up a ton of sales for you on the on it website. This podcast is a bit of a, I don't want to say a makeup podcast because I've podcasted every day this week, but um, we didn't get an opportunity to talk a lot of NXT, didn't get an opportunity to talk Cruiserweight Classic, uh, lots of other stuff going on. I am joined by Rob McCarron of Shake Them Ropes, not just on a Monday this time, Rob. No, I, uh, I crashed this party, basically. You did. I saw the announcement. I'm like, hey, Sean, I want to come on. And then you said no. And then I said, I'm coming on anyway. And you finally had to agree. It's because you are an obsolete mule. Whoa. Whoa. Wait a second. An obsolete mule. I don't know what that means. I'm guessing that's from something. I don't know. Uh, but I have no idea what that means. Yeah, it's from Matt Hardy. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, the oh, yeah, an obsolete mule. <laughs> that Matt Hardy, I tell you, is Matt Hardy character of the year or what? He's fantastic. Not not might, just he might not be just from that, three. but but the broken or not just the broken Matt Hardy, but the big money Matt earlier this year was really good. Yeah, no, I'm I'm and I'm counting that in there. I'm like this guy might be all top three just with with what he's doing because I don't know uh, character wise what even comes close. Like I honestly is Kevin Owens in there? I don't know. There's there's just been not a lot of going on about as, as far as like a gimmick or as far as. Uh, a character and with John Cena missing most of the year and Roman Reigns and having his suspension troubles, Brock Lesnar showing up for one match, basically like, I, I don't know what else even comes close. Also, I wonder what this does for Matt Hardy's demand on the indie circuit, because I've seen some of these, these clips where he goes to places and he gets over as a baby face playing this broken Matt Hardy character by saying, you know, like, Indianapolis, I knew you'd come, and then the crowd pops. Of course, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, 
he's already a popular guy too. I, I don't know if yeah. he's getting any more popular um, because of Impact Wrestling, but he's he's maybe more relevant now than he was for a couple of years there because he was always popular. But it's not like he's popular for what he had done in WWE. Now he's popular at the same level for both what he's done in WWE and the fact that hey, you know, kind of he he's been all over social media and he's a he's a relevant topic in the world of pro wrestling. It. It might be more comparable to last year when we had the Randy Orton RKO Vines. Like, yeah. Randy Orton had been popular. It's not like he was any more popular because of the RKO Vines, but he was more out there and he was more known uh, maybe to uh, the fans who hadn't been paying attention in the, in the last couple of years. So I, I equate it more to that than him being hugely popular because of TNA. Speaking of TNA, it looks like they're moving Bound for Glory. It was September 11th. And mm-hmm. that is going to be the night of WWE Backlash, in which John Cena is not advertised for, I believe. Yeah, WWE Backlash, which is going to be a SmackDown-only event. The top stars being advertised are AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, and Bray Wyatt. There's no John Cena anywhere on the advertisement for it, which would be odd that he would miss the first SmackDown-only event. Uh, it's also the night of Johnny Gargano's farewell in Evolve. So, I mean, they didn't want to compete with Evolve Wrestling. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot going on that night there, September 11th in the world of pro wrestling. And I know a lot of people will be like, well, they're not dodging evolve. Evolve is that that's all it's on my timeline when it's happening. It's yeah, I I don't necessarily, I believe they're moving it because of WWE. Absolutely. A hundred percent. They're moving it because of that. Even though that backlash event won't actually be on pay-per-view, it's a WWE network exclusive only. That one is one of those true times where they can say only on WWE network and it'll be true. Instead of a flat out lie, so uh, yeah, Battleground is the reason, or not Battleground, but Backlash is the reason they're moving. But also, that night was happening to be a pretty big night in Evolve. Like that Evolve show, at least for those who follow the independent wrestling more closely than WWE, but watch WWE anyway, it's probably going to be uh, a good amount of people watching the Evolve show and then catching up with Backlash later on. Sure, somebody asks if we'll ever see Hardy in WWE. I'm sure we'll see him in like a a mini run or a one-off or something like that. And of course they're going into the hall of fame. They have kept a decent relationship with the WWE. I would think yeah. um, they, yeah, they've never they, been they off in that regard. Right. They just didn't fit in for what they were doing at the time they had left. Like, uh, you know, Matt Hardy wasn't doing anything. He was back and they knew he was hurting. I don't know if he's going to come back and wrestle for him, but uh you might have a little bit, just a little small bit of the Kurt Angle disease going on there where they're afraid of injury and afraid of uh, you know him doing something in the ring. But yeah, those guys are absolutely going in the Hall of Fame. And you never know, maybe after this year, if uh, they decide with these brand extensions going on in WWE, there's more room for them. Uh, yeah, coming up in 2017, that might be the year where you actually see a bigger push to get some of these guys back and the Hardys might be top of that list. I don't know who fits into what the WWE is doing now because... They are apparently going out, and they have contacted Kurt Hawkins, yeah. Rhino, and Jinder Mahal. Now, Kurt Hawkins, I kind of understand. No, no. I, I kind I'm of sorry. understand it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Kurt Hawkins, Kurt Hawkins serves no purpose. Zero purpose. And, and it's hilarious that Sammy Callahan left WWE to go get a name on the indies. I don't care. You get your Kurt Hawkins point after I start ranting about Kurt Hawkins, okay? This is the only reason I came on this show. You have... You have Juice Robinson going out there, going to New Japan, because I need to make an indie name before I go back to WWE. You have Sammy Callahan out there for the same reason. You have, uh, you have all these things. Drew Galloway. Drew Galloway didn't go out there for that reason, but he's done it. He's made a bigger name for himself going out on the indies. Kurt Hawkins got fired 
and ruined his name on the indies for the most part. He went to PWG and shit the bed. Like, this is a guy whose name was lower value, and he was never anything in WWE in the first place. Like, I'm sure he's, you know, he's a good guy or whatever. I don't know him personally. But as far as on screen, there is absolutely zero purpose to having Kurt Hawkins on there. Uh, you can give me tag team with Zack Ryder. You can give me whatever you want. There's How zero purpose for him coming back. Dare zero. you? Zero. Try to deprive me my feud between Kurt Hawkins and Mojo Raleigh over the love of Zack Ryder. Zero purpose for Kurt Hawkins coming back. How, I just gave option? you a great purpose. No, I just gave no. you a great purpose. No. Nope. He and Mojo Raleigh are going to have a blood feud over the allegiance of Zack Ryder, and I can't wait. I would rather Mojo Raleigh and Emma have backstage segments where each of them is jealous about how much Ooh, she can get Ryder. involved too. Even better. Just the two of them. We don't need Kurt Hawkins in there. No, we don't need Kurt He's Hawkins. Got to come around with his goofy little stick. I, I don't know. But Jinder Mahal was Jinder perhaps Mahal. the most surprising. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit surprising uh, because they fired him and he's actually, he's done nothing. Like he's working independence here and there. I mean, I, what is he in Puerto Rico for a couple of times a year and he's in Texas a lot. I, I don't see him doing anything that's improved his stock, but WWE isn't on, they're on an international kick at the same time. Look at the Cruiserweight Classic. That Cruiserweight Classic was strictly done, not to bring Cruiserweights back, but to have an international flavor uh, themed event and to be uh, to hyping these guys and where the WWE Network is available. And Jinder Mahal could absolutely do that. You have the WWE Network in India. You need some Indian stars. Jinder Mahal is probably the uh, the biggest one out there you can get as far as name value based on his past run in WWE. And who knows? Maybe team him up with Heath Slater again. <sighs> Whatever show Heath Slater ends up on, because at this point right now, this guy's going to show up in freaking... Evolve. I don't even know. AAW tonight, for all I know. I hope he goes to evolve. I hope he goes to evolve. Rhino, I kind of understand yeah. a little bit. You know, he's got a little name value. Former ECW champion, former TNA champion. Don't have to get into that too much. But it's well, uh, get into this, though. He's running right now for a state representative seat in Michigan. That's true. I, I don't know if he's going to win. I don't know the politics of uh of what he's running for or who he's running against but say he won that um i know state representatives don't work year round they work for a couple of months in here but and that's a couple of months where he probably would not be able to work for wwe if that happens so i'm i'm guessing he thinks he's not actually winning yeah he's having like cook-offs and stuff as right. uh to uh raise his he's trying yeah he's he trying. is trying Somebody asked, will WWE sign Ricardo Rodriguez? I think that that, has, that ship sailed. I think that they did as much as they could with Alberto and Ricardo. And, man, that babyface run, Ricardo was brutal Yeah, no babyface run. Oh, absolutely. By himself, he's awful. By himself, Ricardo is nothing. They and, and Alberto Del Rio by himself is okay. The best they've ever done and the best they've ever been was when they were a team, when Ricardo was the guy going out there and introducing Alberto Del Rio. That was the best they've had in WWE. So would I like it if they were paired up again? Yeah, but it's probably not a necessity. You're probably not hiring Ricardo Rodriguez just to be a, a manager in WWE. And he, he didn't do the best for himself when he left WWE, too. This is a guy that disparaged the company at times. This is a guy that made fun of people in the company. Uh, he He did not take the... The go out quietly row. You don't see Kurt Hawkins out there bashing everyone in the company, at least on a large scale. And if he is, it's probably because no one's paying attention because it's fucking Kurt Hawkins. 
Kurt Hawkins did that that developmentally speaking series though. I really like that. You're the you're the Kurt Hawkins. Maybe I'm out of touch. I don't know. Maybe there are a lot I'm, of I'm Kurt not like I've, I've, I've not watched a single one of his matches since he left WWE. I, maybe maybe a couple in TNA with Trevor Lee yeah. when they tagged up. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and uh, there was the match. I mean, the match everyone talks about on his indie run was the match with AJ Styles at PWG for the Battle of Los Angeles uh, last year or two years ago. And you go in there with AJ Styles, you should have a good match. You're going into PWG. This is a crowd that wants to have fun, that wants to enjoy everything they see. And he just went out there and had the absolute worst match of that entire weekend. And he has, he has not come back. Like, this is a guy that can't work PWG. And it, it's insane. I mean, he's working the Northeast. He's got his friends. He's got his shows. He's well-connected. But I just don't see the worth of bringing Kurt Hawkins back at this point. There's there's people in NXT who haven't even appeared on TV that could actually fill a spot and I think do better. Um, and, you know, the brand extension is supposed to allow for more spots for more people. I don't know why you bring in retreads. It's not going to help the house shows. I don't ha- see how Kurt Hawkins is going to help viewership retain on SmackDown. I just don't see the purpose of bringing back Kurt Hawkins at all. I don't see the purpose in bringing back any of these three names because you have a guy, a Ty Dillinger would bring you the same exact numbers that probably any of these three names would, Rhino included, because you know none are necessarily draws, but right. Ty Dillinger at least has proven that on house shows he can get over. Yeah. Um, he has proven that, you know, and he's ready. So, I mean, why not, if you're going to bring somebody into that role, why, why not a guy like him? Uh, also, another transaction of sorts, mm-hmm. Paul Heyman's contract lapsed. Yeah. What do you make of that? Uh, you know, uh, he can always come in at one-shot deals. He doesn't necessarily have to have a contract to come in for three shows every quarter. You know, I mean, this can be a guy like Teddy Long where, hey, we're going to pay you a certain amount to come in for this one show. You're, you're not going to work house shows. You're going to work two TVs and a pay-per-view. I, I don't see a contract lapsing here and choosing to renew as a bad thing. If they want him in with Brock Lesnar, they can have him come in with Brock Lesnar. But let's face it, Brock Lesnar is okay on the mic himself. He really is. He didn't necessarily need Paul Heyman. Probably early on in his first run, he needed Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman makes the act better, yes. But Brock Lesnar doesn't need Paul Heyman. So I, I, I could see him coming back for a couple of shows here and there on a, on a one-shot deal and not necessarily a contract. So I don't know if this news necessarily means the relationship between the two is ended. Uh, but it certainly is not what it once was. Also, uh, Brock Lesnar might not even need to be on the mic to promote whatever he's doing for right. the immediate future. Uh, right. yep. they're, I mean, they're, they're booking Orton versus Lesnar. It's two guys that haven't fought each other in 14 years, and Randy Orton was not at the level that he is now. Also, uh, this is an interpromotional match of sorts. So. That's right, it is. No, it absolutely is. You you got the big interpromotional match right off the bat here with Randy Orton representing uh, SmackDown and Brock Lesnar rep- representing Raw. And, uh, yeah, no, I, it doesn't need anything more. It doesn't need Paul Heyman cutting promos. It really doesn't. It just needs, hey, Randy Orton's a huge star. Brock Lesnar's a huge star. They haven't been in the ring in the last decade. This is going to be a big-time match. It's your semi-main event, too. It's not like they're expected to main event SummerSlam. So it's already big enough. Paul Heyman not coming in for this one show if he doesn't end up coming in is not the biggest deal in the world. And there's plenty of time for him to make a new deal for him to come around for Royal Rumble and WrestleMania next year. This week's NXT wasn't your run-of-the-mill NXT. You had Samoa Joe versus Rhino, Authors of Pain versus American Alpha. Uh, You had former Tough Enough competitor Patrick Clark and all of his American clothed glory against Austin Aries. 
Nia Jax versus Bailey. They they loaded this episode of NXT. Yeah. You think this was by design after the draft that, you know, some of these people that maybe saw the names from the draft for the first time, they were like, okay, maybe I can check out this this NXT a little bit, and they get a pretty big show out of it. I don't necessarily know if it had anything to do consequentially with the draft. It's just you're getting to the final push towards TakeOver. I mean, TakeOver is a month away now, so you have to have the talents that are actually going to be on TakeOver looking good here. So you have Austin Aries and No Way Jose doing their little pull apart. So you have that building up towards the show. Samoa Joe looking strong over a guy like Rhino because Rhino isn't the biggest star in the world. So that's, and he's a guy that was around last year. So you just have that push towards Samoa Joe. Bailey, we always knew the Bailey Nia Jax match was going to happen because this was her final push to getting that rematch with Asuka. She had to come back and she had to dominate. She had to beat Nia Jax. So that was going to happen. Uh, you had no Shinsuke Nakamura on this show. You had no Finn Balor or anything like that. You have American Alpha because they're, again, pushing towards TakeOver because they are on the TakeOver card. I don't know if it had anything to do with the draft, uh, more so than it was just the start of the real push towards uh, TakeOver back in Brooklyn. Also, the Cruiserweight Classic this week, the return of Tajiri, Rob. Yeah, he was back. Uh, you know, He's much slower than he was before. He does his signature spots. This is a guy that... He, he lives the gimmick of being a star of 10 years ago who comes in and just does what he's known for and, and kind of takes it off in between. And, you know, the, he's another guy that is rumored to be coming back to WWE as a full-timer, possibly for the cruiserweight division on Raw. So this is a guy that we could be seeing more of. And he's perfectly fine. You know, he's perfectly fine, but he's not going to be a star of this cruiserweight classic. He's more of a nostalgia pick. Yeah, I like that they brought him in. It's sort of like, you know the King of Trios thing where they, they have some old-timers come in and throw, throw them into the, the tournament as well. I like Tajiri being in there. Um, what else was on this show? Uh, Tajiri won, by the way. Uh, TJ Perkins versus Demac. Now, TJ Perkins was a guy who kind of, I don't want to use the term bullied, he's kind of bullied by the likes of Josh Matthews on TNA and – you know, not, I don't know that a lot of people expected him to even get this type of run, but he is. He has a run, and as we'll see later on in the tournament, it's a pretty damn successful run. So uh, I thought he looked good. Um, I thought Demac looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, TJ Perkins, after, you know, seeing – we won't go into the spoilers, but after – I don't think we are. At least no. based on spoilers and based on, you know, seeing his performance, based on the Bracketology special – where he got one of the few uh, video packages based solely around this guy. Uh, it's starting to look like TJ Perkins is a guy that they're not only going to sign, but they're going to make a pretty big deal and using his backstory to do so. So great for TJ Perkins. And I mean, Josh Matthews is an asshole. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Who gets the last laugh here? Not Josh Matthews. No, not Josh, Josh Matthews. No, I mean, Josh, Josh Matthews went to uh and this is a different Josh Matthews than we ever saw in WWE. Like, I feel yeah. like this guy was an underdog. He was a fan favorite. People wanted to see him do better. And now you're seeing the more real Josh Matthews on TNA, who's who's uh, just, he's not humble. And he's going there. He's making bad references. by WWE, it sounds like. Oh, God, yeah. No, there's, you absolutely can see why he was, why he was gone. And he, you know, he calls himself the best announcer in wrestling. And, and that's not true. Jesus. Yeah, it's just not, not true. And, uh, you know, if, there, if you're a fan of Josh Matthews out there, I guess all the power to you. You get to see more of him now. But uh, Josh Matthews is a guy who, who could go away from TNA tomorrow and no one would miss. 
no one would probably notice. Uh, Lince Dorado versus Mustafa Ali. This was this was so much fun to watch. This, this was the best just, match of the show, I think. Yeah, best it was it show. was fantastic. I I love Mustafa Ali. I mean, this is a guy that when I was back in my refereeing my refereeing days in the Midwest, this was a guy I was on shows with pretty much every weekend. And Mustafa Ali's come a long way. You know, he, he's more muscular than he was 10 years ago, obviously. He's much better in the ring, but he's still got that reckless kind of abandon that, you know, this guy's going to go out and try things. He's not going to take it easy. He's going to go out and try. And this is a really good opportunity for him because this, this is a guy in Chicago who works a full-time job. You know, he's not out there all the time wrestling like a lot of these other guys. This guy has got a full-time job at home, and he wrestles on the weekends, and he's now got this opportunity with WWE and a guy that I would not be shocked at all if they actually have interest in and sign, uh, whether he goes there or not, I don't know. But Mustafa Ali's making the most of it. A guy who was not even supposed to be in this Cruiserweight Classic, by the way, a last-minute replacement, uh, because I, I don't remember the name, um, but the, the guy, the participant from Mexico ended up double-booked, and they feared he wouldn't show up. And guess what? They were right. He didn't. So they put Mustafa Ali in, and this match was a, a ton of fun. Uh, this was the main event of the show to me. It was fantastic. That springboard Spanish fly was unbelievable. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, both of these guys, it, their stock went straight through the roof. And, you know, we hear – I heard rumors that in the next round the, the, that the best match ever in full sale history happens in this tournament. I just keep hearing good, better and better things about this tournament, and then, then I finally get to see them. I, I don't like that, you know, it, it airs so far after it's taped, but yeah. – this or usually I don't with Lucha Underground. It really, really, really bothers me because we're talking like a year. Mm-hmm. I'm able to give this a little more of a of a pass because I don't see this style all the time in WWE. What I know that I will see in Lucha Underground is what I see in Lucha Underground. I know what's coming. I'm just surprised. Like you know, they did a springboard reverse Shuriken Rana, and I was like, I can't believe that that they were allowed to do that. Like, uh, they don't have any restrictions on these guys, it looks like. So, man, that was that was some yeah, fun stuff. They're telling them to go out there and have the matches you would have on the indies. Like, they're not yeah. – I, they're really not stressing. They're not agenting this to make it a WWE style because coming in and doing the WWE style matches wouldn't make any sense, right? Uh, this is, It wouldn't make the show any different. It wouldn't make these guys stand out any. So go out there, agent your own match, do what you can. Uh, that's kind of uh, the situation here. As far as them being so far in advance, as far as how they're taped, uh, yeah, it's a bummer. We're in the bad stretch of it now because the like next five episodes are going to be really well in advance. But once we get towards the end of the tournament, the semifinals aren't taped too far in advance. And then the finals we're going to have, or, or the quarterfinals even, maybe, I don't know. But if we have the semifinals and the finals on the special on September 14th, that'll be a fun show. And we're not going to have to worry about waiting to see the matches we've been hearing so much about. Uh, that's a crazy week now. You talk about Backlash being on the 11th, then you have Raw, then you have SmackDown, then on Wednesday, you're going to have the live finale of the Cruiserweight Classic. That's a lot of wrestling in a four-day stretch. Oh, you're leaving something out, my friend. Saturday night, Saturday night, a hat will be eaten. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. CM Punk makes his UFC debut, the undefeated CM Punk. Mm-hmm. makes yep. his UFC debut on September 10th. Oh, does it? I, I haven't heard anything about it. Per usual. Uh, Akira Tozawa versus Kenneth Johnson. Now, I didn't know a lot about Kenneth Johnson, but they did a really good job about making me care about him 
yeah. pretty pretty damn early on. They talked about how he grew up in a bad neighborhood in Detroit, was picked on as the run of the litter. Uh, he moved to Atlanta when he was 18 to train with Mr. Hughes. Right. He tried out for WWE developmental, but due to a severe speech impediment, he was denied that contract. He took speech therapy classes and within six months was able to give a three-minute speech without stuttering. Then he moved to San Antonio to train with Funaki, walked two miles to the bus stop to get a job sweeping floors at a movie theater. Then he would walk across town to train with Funaki. I was like, damn, they just made me care more about this guy that I have never seen before in this pre-match just, hey, here here you go, than right. they do right. with all this TV time to build up a lot of other guys. No, they do a really good job with these video packages, and you know it's a shame they're gonna they're gonna build everyone up in these matches, and someone is going to have to lose. Uh, William Regal continued it today. William Regal came out with a post on his Twitter or Instagram talking about Kenneth Jackson, so uh, that really made people look at him a little bit more deeply. So we'll see if these guys come back for anything in WWE. But that's pretty cool that you're not only just given a match on WWE TV. But you're promoted a little bit. Like, this is something he can use to go out there. And maybe if he wants to keep wrestling in larger arenas, they can use this story and, and see uh, what happens if he ever comes back. So it's really cool. This Cruiserweight Classic's really cool. But the focus of this match to me was how great Akira Tozawa was. Yes. Just with his quickness, people are going to start seeing more of that. This was only a first-round match, remember? So you're not going to give away the farm in the first-round match. Akira Tozawa's got that quickness. He's going to have the stuff. He's going to do moves that make that place go crazy as he did with his uh, German suplex maneuvering here in the Cruiserweight Classic. Akira Tozawa is great, and I look forward to seeing more of him in the Cruiserweight Classic. I hope he, I'm hoping he goes to the Final Four at least, because I want to see a lot more of him. Yeah, uh, Kenneth Johnson wasn't bad by any means in this match. It's just, he was in the ring with one of the best workers in the world. Yeah. And he, he as, as Alex uh, explained in the, the uh, Cruiserweight Classic Report, which you all should check out at Fightful.com. Alex's recaps are just fun. They're just fun. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's kind of hard to keep your speed up with a guy like that when you're not at that level. But I, I enjoyed the show. I really liked it. I, I, it was a good second episode, and it's only going to get better once you start seeing the Zack Sabre Juniors, once you start especially getting into the second round of this tournament. You're really seeing stars go up against stars because we haven't got much of that yet uh it's it's gonna be you know more fun each week as we get into this thing this is just the opening rounds here so a lot more to go and a lot of fun coming up lots of drug test news even outside of roman reigns and uh brock lesnar chael sonnen's name is back in the usada testing pool and <laughs> i love how brutally honest he is about this stuff last week he was asked if he would be making a return to MMA. And he straight up told several media outlets, not if the testing is as good as I remember it. Yeah, that's true. But he's back. Uh, he's yeah. trying to get that one fight. Maybe he's angling. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know how oh. it's going to work with him being an analyst for ESPN and going to actually fight. Like, this is a guy that seems to have a pretty cushy job in media right now. He's already blown one opportunity with Fox. And now he's with ESPN, and you you want to have this guy keep this job. So I don't know if he's going to blow that by going back to fighting. But that's a certain sign that he might be considering fighting here and maybe at one of the big shows, one of the uh, maybe New Year's, maybe uh, the big show in Madison Square Garden. I don't know. But, yeah, it's very odd, very odd timing from a guy that you thought was just completely done. Oh, you know, it's so crazy. Years later, and even though – Sonnen is down 0-2 in the series. You put him against Anderson Silva, 
it's going to get attention. It's just how it works. At 205 pounds, that fight could happen, uh, and it'd be good for both of them, I think. They'd make a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is back in that testing pool. So yep. and his contract with ESPN, I know, is up at the end of the year. So there's that, and I'm sure that he wants to angle to maybe get back in with Fox or whoever broadcasts the UFC where he can get the most attention doing this. Also, George Sullivan, not, not, not a big name at all, but he will not be fighting at UFC on Fox 20. The UFC announced that Sullivan you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sullivan was pulled due to a potential compliance issue with the company's anti-doping policy. Uh, he he isn't like he hasn't been flagged for a violation or anything like that, but he voluntarily disclosed information that could pose a comp- potential compliance issue. Uh, he did not want to pull out. He did not know that the information in which he disclosed uh, would get him pulled from this, and there are a lot of people kind of upset about it because. You know, they're they're erring on the side of caution, and his opponent will still weigh in, Hector Urbina, in case somebody pulls out. But, uh, yeah, that's a little wonky. I guess I'll wait and hear a little more information. But uh, we did get more information about one Alexander Schlemenko, who was suspended for, I think, three years by the California State Athletic Commission, in which did not have the actual authority to do that. They had the authority, uh, according to a judge, to suspend him for the duration of his uh, licensing because I I believe it was the judge. I'm still learning all the facts on this. The judge said, you can't suspend a guy for longer than he's licensed, I guess. Uh, So there's that. Um, Also, uh, Bellator not issuing any comments about that, but he is eligible to fight for them immediately. Personally, I think if athletic commissions and USADA are going to have this level of power – they need to get it right. They need to get their ducks in a row because you can't suspend guys for years at a time if you're going to screw up, if you're going to leave loopholes. You better fix it or else, you know, you're going to get the hammer that's going to come down on you. Uh, we do have UFC on Fox. I don't know what number we're at now. UFC on Fox 20 tomorrow. Holly Holm versus Valentina Shevchenko. Gilbert Melendez versus Edson Barboza. I will be here for a post-show with that, uh, we will have full coverage on Fightful.com. Make sure to go there. I've got tons of exclusives up in the MMA and pro wrestling section, including, Rob, I spoke to CM Punk's training partner recently, Rob 
So that would be the guy who's more ready to fight in UFC than than CM Punk. Well, yeah, he's yeah. he's actually a Bellator title contender, Emmanuel Sanchez. Oh yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, he's a fighter. So yeah, like CM Punk. Right. He's, he's lost a few more times than CM Punk, but right, because CM Punk is undefeated. No, he is. I've, yes. I've heard that one. You have. There's a lot of time. Um, we got a month and a half here before uh, before this yes. alleged fight. Very I mean, true. CM Punk doesn't even have a graphic yet on the fight card at the UFC website, so that tells you everything you need to know about how confident they are it's going to happen. How often um, do you look? Listen, how many fights got changed two days prior to UFC 200, which is a much bigger event? I, I'm not worried about it. I really am not. I don't how think he's going to fail a drug test, but maybe Mickey Gall does, you know. How but, often do you check and see if he has a graphic up? Oh, every day. Multiple <laughs> Guys, times a day. Guys, send in your questions. I don't care what you ask us about. Wrestling, MMA, Rob's refing. Ask us. I don't care. Writing, I don't care. Ask us about it. Fightful.com. Hey, the, the audio feed is coming soon. Ooh. I'm told potentially as soon as this weekend. Potentially. Potentially. Speaking of uh, audio feeds and audio podcasts, I got three new ones up this week so far. At Shake Them Ropes is the Twitter feed. Shake Them Ropes on iTunes. Go check it out. We released a new one today with LaToya Ferguson of the AV Club. Big raw reviewer there at the uh, popular AV Club website. So go check those out. Shake Them Ropes on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and so much more. I support this hashtag ad. Hashtag ad, yes. I I should start just applying that to every tweet I make, really. Doesn't that defeat the purpose when they do that? The hashtag. Uh, Can I I ask you something? Because I apparently I had this uh, take. I don't even consider it a hot take. I thought it was obvious. This take on shake them ropes this week uh, that Sami Zayn and Finn Balor are going to be cruiserweights on WWE raw. They're both under two Oh five. Is this something that you believe might happen? Are you against this? Like, what do you, what do you feel about the cruiserweights being headlined by Sami Zayn and Finn Balor, which is something I think is obviously happening. I'm not against it at all. I think that if they want to make this division a real division, then having Finn Balor and Sami Zayn helps, and then put stars in it. You have cameos by guys like Enzo Amore and Xavier Woods. They're Xavier both Woods, 205 pounds and under. Enzo Amore, bring some guys up from the Cruiserweight Classic every once in sure. a while. You got Brian Kendrick. You got Yoshihiro Tajiri. You got a bunch of names that could be considered Cruiserweights. But what I'm getting a lot of is they wouldn't pick Finn Balor fifth overall if he was going to be stuck as a cruiserweight. Well, yeah, they would. If they want to make the cruiserweight seem like a big deal, they would pick a cruiserweight fifth overall. And then Sami Zayn, he wasn't billed as a cruiserweight up until the WWE draft. He was at 212 pounds, according to WWE. They changed it to 205 this week. There's no reason to change. He shaved that chest hair, didn't he? He shaved all the hair. I tell you, mine takes about three pounds off of me at least. He's, I don't know. Uh, You you do not make that change unless the idea is, well, we're making this change for a reason. You're not just going in there willy-nilly and making a change. And at 205, like, I feel like it's obvious they're going to be cruiserweights. And a lot of people are taking that negatively. Uh, Maybe it turns out that it does pigeonhole them as cruiserweights and it's a you know negative connotation we don't know we don't know how we don't know how it's going to turn out um but i'm simply saying that it looks like they're going to be cruiserweights i'm not saying it's bad i'm not saying it's good i'm certainly not foolish in that and you know picking finn balor fifth overall is not evidence that he will be a main event player it's not put 
put Finn Balor up against Roman Reigns, you think Vince is going to see that image on TV and say, yeah, Finn Balor should be the one that should go over in there. He's half the size of Roman Reigns. AJ Styles looks super small against Roman Reigns, and AJ couldn't win. You know, I mean, I could see them doing a storyline down the road where Enzo is struggling to get the cruiserweight title while his buddy Cass has the United States championship and, you know, they support each other. I I can see that. It's absolutely, it's a way now to break some of these teams up without actually breaking them up. It's not like Cass has to turn on Enzo. It's not like Enzo has to turn on Cass. They just have separate goals. Enzo, they, maybe they win the tag team titles at one point. And now Enzo, after a tag team run, wants to go become a singles champion as the cruiserweight. Maybe, maybe they're a tag team. And all of a sudden they book Enzo Amore in a cruiserweight championship match on a raw and he wins. And that's what separates the team. It's not like they even knew they were going to separate. But, hey, I won the title here. I have to defend it. You know, big cast, go on your own separate way. There's, there's a lot that can happen here. I just don't feel that those dismissing Finn Balor as a cruiserweight are doing themselves justice because we're probably going to find out Monday that that's exactly the direction he's going. New Japan G1 kicked off. Who do you think's taking it, Rob? We haven't talked to G1 on here. I want to know. You're you're. Our, you're you know, you're you're hip to the New Japan stuff. Yeah, this show today was insane. We've had two shows now. Uh, kicked off on Monday. The B block, the B block finally kicked off. If you're not familiar, go search G1 Climax on Google. New Japan Pro Wrestling, their annual late summer tournament, uh, for the rights to get a championship shot whenever you want. This is basically their money in the bank in a way, because the winner of the G1 gets a briefcase that he can cash in for a world title shot at any point in the future. Generally, they use it at the Tokyo Dome on January 4th, generally. Uh, A lot of thoughts going into this one. I, for the longest time, since last January, honestly, thought that Tetsuya Naito was going to win this tournament. Then he won the title, and I kind of backed off. Well, if he's going to be champion, he's probably not winning the tournament. And then Okada won the world title back. So I think Tetsuya Naito is probably likely going to win this uh, tournament. I could also see someone like Hiroshi Tanahashi winning. And then later on, he puts the briefcase on the line against Tetsuya Naito. And Tetsuya Naito ends up getting the briefcase even without winning the G1. That's a situation that has happened before where they put the briefcase up early. So something like that could happen. But some way or another, I think the main event of Tokyo Dome is going to be Okada and Tetsuya Naito again. So whether that means he wins the G1 or someone else does and Naito gets the briefcase later, I'm not quite sure. But today's show was weird because every underdog won. Five matches, the opening of the the B block, every underdog won. Tetsuya Naito lost. Nakajima beat Toriano. Uh, you had to- Tomoaki Homa, who does not win singles matches. Tomoaki Homa beat Katsuyori Shibata in the main event of the wow. show. The current never open weight champion, Homa beat him. And then I'm blanking now on. Oh, Kenny Omega lost. Kenny Omega lost to Yoshihashi. Yoshihashi wow. will also never win singles matches unless he's fighting the young boys. Yoshihashi in the first match beat the former Intercontinental Champion. This is what New Japan does in the G1 tournament. Anyone can win. Like, anyone beats anyone. It doesn't matter what you are the rest of the year. It doesn't matter if you're the world champion because Okada lost to Naomichi Marafuji on Monday. All the title holders are losing. Michael Elgin lost. Michael Elgin lost to Evil today. I like that uh, they, they do keep it unpredictable in that nature because in a tournament format like this, anything can happen. Yeah, you never know. It, styles make fights. And it sets it up on day one, too, that anyone can win. Because So now when we have you know 18 more shows to go of this tournament, you are going to go in there thinking, okay, I don't know who's going to win. It's not, it doesn't make sense to try and predict it. I'm just going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. And we're going to see what's happening. But yeah, right now, if I'm, if I'm picking one person to win, it's Tetsuya Naito. 
the second option is probably Hiroshi Tanahashi. Lots of good matches on that first day as well. Uh, Marifuji, Okada, uh, Sonata, Tanahashi. Uh, there was, what was the other one? Uh, Tenzan and Ishii. Tenzan, Ishii. Tenzan yeah. came to play against uh, Tomohiro Ishii because this is Tenzan's final G1, likely. Uh, Satoshi Kojima, who now is getting a Ring of Honor World title shot at the finals of this tournament against Jay Lethal. Uh, Kojima was supposed to be in the show. And he gave up his spot to his tag team partner, Hiroshi Tenzan, because it's probably Tenzan's likely last tournament. So Tenzan might make a run. Maybe he gets to the finals of the A block, but I don't see him actually getting into the championship match. Guys, send in your questions. We have one that gets asked a lot, Rob. Okay. Why did we leave Wrestling Inc.? Well, I I didn't. They just, uh, you know, the door closed. And I keep trying to go in, and they, it's locked or something. So I don't know. I got locked out. That, um, isn't, that isn't true at all. Uh, no, I was, I was just – I was a freelancer, and you had invited me there. So I, I'll, you, know, you can explain your reason, but you had invited me onto the shows. I did the shows with you at your behest, and then you were leaving, and I was like, okay, well, I don't know. I, you, were my, you were my in there, and I'm like, I don't necessarily know if I want to do all these shows. I even told Raj this. I don't want to do as many shows as I was doing. Like, I want to focus on some other things. So you came here and, and you offered one night a week. And I'm like, okay, I can do one night a week. I can do that. And you were the one at, at all points who was my contact. So I'm like, well, I'll just go there. You know, I, it, it was no ill will towards Wrestling Inc. It was nothing negative towards them. It was just uh, you asked me to do a show and I said yes. Well, let's be real. I offered you several nights a week. You said you wanted one night a week. So I was like, okay, I'll take one night a week, Rob. Is that, is that how it went? Is that, that how, is it, went? how yeah. it happened. Uh, yeah, I'm on good terms with Wrestling Inc. I just got offered a better position somewhere else. People change jobs. I mean, I've changed jobs. Yeah. I, I went to another place without having to hate the other place. Sometimes you just you want to change. You I, you got offered something to where you were working for someone, and now you're still technically working for someone, but you have more yes. input on the design. You have uh, you're a you're a big time player at Fightful, so that's something that you want to do. I if if I'm the bench coach of a major league baseball team and I'm offered a head uh, manager job of a major league baseball team, it's likely I'm not turning it down just to stay where I am. I'm going to go be the manager. I'm going to go be the man in charge. And it's not because I dislike the last place or it's not because they fired me. I just want to go somewhere where I'm going to be uh, more valued. Yeah, that's it. I, I'm, I have a better deal. I'm getting married later this year. So I had to make the best decision for me. Also, the owner of this website is very committed to providing me all the resources that I need. Uh, let me bring Rob and Jeff along who, you know, are instrumental in the success of this podcast. So very happy with that. Right. So, somebody says, while we're on the topic, what happened with you and what culture, man, uh, they, they hired me because they wanted to aggressively expand into the United States and become a news source. And they gave up on it immediately. Oh, well, that after after they had me give up all of my freelance obligations. Well, that'll that'll certainly uh, sour you a little bit. But yeah, like I I'm not doing this full time. I'm not full time at Fightful. I'm a I'm a guest on the Monday night shows, and I I just happen to have some free time right now, which is why we're doing this show. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I guest on the Monday night shows. I have my own podcast that we do weekly. Usually, it's only once a week, but this week for some reason we decided to do three episodes because we were all about this WWE draft. So I have I have the podcast I do weekly, and then a lot of my writing and stuff is up at uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com, so I'm heavily involved there. So it's just a matter of, like, I, I could do one night a week after Raw because I'm watching Raw anyway. 
and nothing against wrestling Inc. They got their people. They brought, yeah. they brought in new people. If you're a fan of us more than the new people there, that's great. We love to have you. Um, but we're not telling anyone to go bash wrestling Inc. Because we no. feel like they're doing some good stuff too. It's just different. It's different. Yeah. Different kind of site. And that's, that's one of the things, I mean, we cover MMA, wrestling, boxing, I get to stretch my legs a little more. And at Wrestling Inc., I got to do a little bit of that. I got to cover the UFC pay-per-views and do the occasional article and interview, things things of that nature. But now I get to really stretch my legs. I get I get a team that I want uh, to work with. Although, you know, I loved working with, with Mark. Mark Middleton is a machine. Uh, Raj is very good at what he does. He's He's probably the top wrestling news site as far as traffic for a reason. And that's because he, he's worked so diligently. Uh, what culture though? <laughs> Not a fan. They're, they got a good YouTube page. I'll say that. Uh, Rob, what were your thoughts on the draft as we didn't get to hear them here? Well, you can hear them on shake them ropes, which I highly encourage. Um, yeah, our shake them ropes episode 162, which came out Wednesday was Jeff and I just basically giving everything we could about the WWE draft and the future of Raw and SmackDown. But my, my number one takeaway was that of the cruiserweight division, you know, uh, you know, a lot of hype going up with the cruiserweights, uh, we, you know, to our commenter on last week's fightful podcast who said, why would Stephanie have to draft cruiserweights? She's got the division already, which was just silly. She drafted him. She drafted Neville. She drafted Finn Balor. She drafted Sami Zayn. They drafted cruiserweights. Uh, so it looks like that'll be the stars of your cruiserweight division. However, at the same time, with the talent involved, it's pretty much just like another intercontinental title division. Like, it's not anything yeah. too crazy different. These are the same types of guys who, if there were no cruiserweight title, would be fighting the, in the intercontinental championship division. So they, they put a name on it. They put the cruiserweight name on it, but it's the same group of talent, really. Uh, so that stood out. I like the fact that, you know, SmackDown on the main event side looks better. I mean, Brock Lesnar's not going to always be there. SmackDown has John Cena, who won't be working house shows, so the house show side's a little bit different. But for TV, John Cena, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Dean Ambrose, and those are guys that the casual fans are going to love on that show, as well as the hardcore fans with AJ. And then you have on the Raw side, Brock Lesnar, who won't be there a lot. And then what is it? It's Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. It's kind of a tough top tier for the Raw house shows, but um, you know the depth-wise on Raw, I think, is certainly better. With Kevin Owens, with Sami Zayn, with uh, the Cruiserweight division, the tag team scene, the New Day are the echelon of the tag team division right now. Depth-wise, Raw wins, but top star-wise, SmackDown won. What did you think about (laughs) Kalisto's promo and Cesaro's promo? Cesaro's promo was great. It showed general frustration. It showed general reasons why he wants to be great in WWE. And honestly, for his promo, he's talking about how he wants to go in the ring and how he doesn't talk uh, he can talk like he was pointing out how great he can talk and he certainly showed it like that was a a fiery promo that i wish i would see on television maybe not content wise is what you're going to see on television but just the delivery and the and the confidence behind it i want to see more of that cesaro on tv callisto bombed and it's unfortunate to see he goes out there you can tell that he wasn't quite sure what he wanted to say and then when it was time to say it he wasn't fully he didn't fully form the thought yet and he just kind of stumbled but hey in a way, it's good that it happened on the WWE Network where no one's really going to see it on a large scale. And they, I don't believe they put it on YouTube, but maybe they did. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I'm not too worried about it, but it's weird that he's going to be on SmackDown. It seems like they want to put him in the division with all the guys fighting for the secondary belt. Like they want to make Callisto a U.S. title contender or an intercontinental title contender and not on the Cruiserweight show because he's obviously not going to be on the Cruiserweight show. 
Very odd, but I think it'll play out to where people are understanding why it's happening. But yes, that promo was a very bad, very bad showing for Callisto. My hope is that on SmackDown, he can at least do a good uh, Lucha. A good Lucha thing. A good Lucha thing. Yeah. yeah. He's better than that. He'll, he'll come back from it. Not on the mic, he's not. He, he's better than that on the mic. That was the absolute, that was bad. That was Mike Adamly bad. Like it was, it was, it does not get much worse on the mic than that. It was pretty bad. Uh, someone asked, Sean, have you and Rob, or no, they said Sean and Rob, they, I think they, it would have sounded like they asked if we have wrestled one another, but they're asking if we have wrestled. Rob, I know you did some refing. Did you ever work in the ring? Yeah, I, I mean, not in front of people, but as part of my training, I was I was doing I was wrestling with other people as part of training. Most of my training was just as a ref, though. So like, I would do spots. I not necessarily full matches and whatnot. But no, I was I was a referee in front of people. I I was never a wrestler in front of people. I've done a few shows uh, here and there. I still do on occasion. Just not really big stuff. Never had any aspirations for that. Just wanted to get a better grasp of what I was talking about. Things what, of that nature. What's out there toward? Because you're uh, you're in. Uh, I don't know exactly where in Kentucky you are at the moment right now, but there's the group in Cincinnati. Um, the what is the group? The NWF. I forget what the Northern yeah. Wrestling Federation. I think. Are you familiar with them? Where Chris Harris oh, yeah, they, work a lot in Abyss. Yeah, there's a few of my friends that that trained there with Roger Ruffin. Roger Ruffin. Yeah. So he his ex wife and a daughter Amanda Ruffin came up to the Fort Wayne area a lot for one of the groups that I ref for. So like, that's how I found out about the NWF is because Abyss would come up and, and Cindy would come up and Amanda Ruffin would come up. Roger Ruffin never came up. Um, and then a couple of the guys that worked there a lot, I think he was, he was virus in the NWF for a while, worked a couple of shows for IWA mid South. Uh, so that's how I became familiar with them in your area. I was just curious if you were uh, familiar of them as well. Cause that's, that's sure. where Chris Harris worked a lot when he left WWF. He also worked uh, a couple of indies around here, but he did those BS two-minute challenge matches that Uh they do whenever, you know, they don't want to work longer than two minutes. Right. Uh, I worked it. I've been talking like the lowest level indie possible. We would do maybe, we did anywhere from between 75 to 250 people for our shows, just depending on, because we would do a lot of outdoor shows for like uh, fire, like fire uh, team benefits and uh, fireman benefits and, you know, Things of that nature. Sure. Um, somebody says, is any of Rob's refing or Sean's wrestling on YouTube? Uh, my first two matches are on YouTube. Are any of yours, Rob? Uh, yeah, I know I have stuff on YouTube. If you, uh, let's see, I'm going to see. The one that I end up like passing by all the time is a match between Bobby Fish and Two Cold Scorpio. Uh, that happened in IWA. Yeah, it is up there. IWA Mid-South. If you search for Bobby Fish Scorpio on YouTube, you will see me refing Bobby Fish and Two Cold Scorpio from, I believe, the TPI that year in Joliet, Illinois, uh, in IWA Mid-South. And the only reason I know this is on YouTube is because I sent this to Bobby Fish back when the match happened because he needed a video to show promoters, and Two Cold Scorpio was a pretty big name, and he at that point was not wrestling a lot of big names. So he used this video to send to different promotions. And now, of course, Bobby Fish is one of the biggest uh, junior stars in the world working New Japan and Ring of Honor. Uh, So, yeah, you'd be able to see me in a full match on YouTube with Bobby Fish and Too Cold Scorpio. I'm sure there's other ones that I'm on. It's not because of anything about me. It's because of who was in the ring at the time. Uh, You can also find a lot of the videos on High Spots. A lot of the IWA Mid-South stuff is going to be on Smart Mark Video or High Spots. 
Uh, so you can go search any IWA Mid-South show basically between 2006 and 2008. I'm on almost every one of them. Also, uh, something I didn't talk about, Chris Cyborg wants her own division. I did a rare uh, column about this on the website. I think this is ridiculous. 145 pounds. She wants her own 145-pound division in the UFC. Keep in mind that two and a half years ago, this woman agreed, actually longer than that. Like in 2013, she had agreed to fight at 135 pounds against Ronda Rousey before asking for her release when Rousey signed the contract. That fight against Carmouche was supposed to be against Cyborg, uh, but it didn't happen. She also committed to doing this in 2014, never made the weight, didn't make 140 pounds on several occasions in Invicta when she had agreed to that. Only at UFC 198 did she finally do that, and she weighed in at 139 pounds against Leslie Smith, who is 8-7-1. And then conveniently, when Jermaine Durandamy who is a legit fighter, calls her out. She's like, ah, yeah, I don't want to do this 140 thing anymore. Rob, is that a little weird to you? No. It's weird to me. Weird to me. Uh, Do you know what the – do you happen to know what the – let's see. The number seven ranked woman's record is at 145 pounds. I'm going to guess it's a losing record. It's four and three. Okay. Four and three. There's just not yeah. a lot of there's not a lot of women out there that they're they're measuring. I mean, right? I just the division's not entirely strong. Once you get past the top four or so, anyone can beat anyone in that division because they're not full timers doing it. Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, uh, number thirteen is a woman who fought twice. Okay. Also in the top ten, you have a thirty nine year old woman, nine and five, that Cyborg destroyed. You have a thirty four year old woman. Uh, a 36-year-old woman, and then another woman who is fighting at 135 pounds this month. So I, I think this is, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. Cyborg needs to give it up. She does have her own weight class in the UFC. It's 140 pounds. I don't think there's anything in the world wrong with women who are willing to jump up that extra five pounds. Now, Cyborg's thing is she says, all these 135-pound women fought at 145 at some point. Well, that's because that's where the most money was at that time. Now they're fighting at 135. And that's a division that Cyborg doesn't want to fight at because she says that she will emaciate herself. But at the same time, you can't ask other women to jump up 10 pounds to face you. I don't get it. I she don't can like ask, it. She can ask for whatever she wants. She, oh, she's sure. not going to get it. She can ask for whatever she wants. Yeah, sure. I think it's ridiculous. Nuts. Crazy. Rob, okay. anything to leave these people with before we go? Go follow me on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Go uh, get my pa- my podcast on iTunes. Shake Them Ropes on iTunes. Go subscribe to the Fightful email newsletter. Get all your updates on Fightful.com. And uh, catch our pods on Monday nights here on YouTube. It's, uh, it's a fun time. Catch them on Fightful.com, not on YouTube. Catch them on Fightful.com. YouTube's trash. Don't even go there. Like, why would you even go there? Like, totally. Yeah, guys, go to Fightful.com, register. We will have we will start putting some of our content up there exclusively. Uh, the Russo and Showdown Joe podcasts may be exclusive to registered members, but it is free. No credit card, anything like that. Also, uh, some of their features that they write. Also, visit DraftBeast.com for the best in fantasy sports. I have so much fun. DraftBeast.com. Also, go to our podcast page. Click that on it link. 
do the same thing. Triple H probably doesn't even get on it sent to him. I think he goes to Fightful.com. He watches me and Rob talk for a little while. Yep. And he's like, damn, I need to re-up on my, my alpha brain. I've got to book a bunch of NXT. i got to go sign some people. So I need to go to this Fightful.com link, click it, and get a great sale. That's probably where he buys his awesome kettlebells too. I don't know if he's been taking that that krill oil though, because his skin looks awfully leathery from all that tanning. Meanwhile, mine is silky smooth, my friends. That's right. Fightful.com. I'm back tomorrow night after UFC on Fox 20. Join me, my friends. Until next time, we are out. See you, bro. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.